This is Tech Talk with your host, Tom DiOria. Tom will spend the next hour making your life with technology a little easier with explanations of the different aspects of today's technology and how it can benefit your home, small office, or enterprise. Now here's your host, Tom DiOria. Hi, I'm I's Tech Talk. It's the third Sunday of November. It's November 20th, 2016. We're on at 5 p.m. in the New York listening area and 3 p.m. in Arizona. And it's the week before Thanksgiving, so we'll wish you a happy Thanksgiving uh, a couple of times during the show uh, and safe travels. Today we're live from our New York offices where it's very cold and had a little snow this morning. And we're going to be discussing Holiday Tech Gadget Guy with our guest, Jerry Bolander. I'm Tom DiOria. I'm the CEO of Information Methods Incorporated. And together with our weekly guests, our show will help our listeners, whether a business or home technology user, make better use of all aspects of technology. Just in case you're a first-time listener, in our first segment, Tech Talk provides you the review of last week's most significant events in technology. We start with our increased coverage of New York's technology scene, and we follow this with our industry-wide report, which could contain information on conferences, announcements by vendors, new releases of software equipment, or new contract opportunities. One or more guests followed us from many aspects of business and industry, and if you wish us to consider a topic for a future show, you can email your suggestions to Tech Talk. That's T-E-C-H-T-A-L-K at imi-us.com, and we'll get back to you pretty quickly. Anytime after our show introduction, please give us a call or send an email message with questions on today's topic or anything else we might be able to help you with. You can call 277-KFNX, that's 277-5369. And if you're outside the 602 listing area, call us toll-free at 1-866-536-1100. You can send us email uh, questions throughout the show uh, at that email address I just gave you, techtalk at imi-us.com. And we're also being simulcast on the web, so if you can't get to your radio and you want to listen to us live, you can go to KFNX's website, which is 1100kfnx.com. And if you want to listen to this show again or any of our previous shows, you can go to our website. That's imi-us.com. In the upper right-hand corner is the Tech Talk button. Click on that. All the shows are there. You can download them. Uh, send them to your friends, listen to them as many times as you want. It's free, so please take advantage of that. And please call any time during the show and try and get you on as quickly as possible. And as I mentioned, our first segment is how we can review it to increase coverage of technology events in New York City and around the world. It's compiled by Dan Dioria, Dave Brandon, and Jose Batista. Okay, one of our uh, regular contributors and uh, guests of the show sent us something from uh, Your Health, Gabe Goldberg, uh, written by uh, Elena Cha, and it's uh, about the bacteria on New City, New York City ATMs. Bacteria found on human skin microbes from bony fish, mollusk, chicken, and baked goods are part of the long list of life forms that live on the surface of ATM keypads in Manhattan, Queens, and Brooklyn. I'm sure they're also on Staten Island. Uh, and the Bronx. The study was published in the American Society for Microbiology's Open Access Journal. It is one of a number of fascinating, and you can go there, it's called M-Spear, S-P-H-E-R-E, fascinating research products from recent years to catalog and understand the microbes that live among or inside us and how they impact human health. Last year, scientists explained how each person is surrounded by a cloud of bacteria that follows you wherever you're going is unique and identifiable as a fingerprint. And this summer, they detailed the inhabitants of the subterranean world of Boston subway known as the T. Non-antrax are plagued, thankfully, but lots of other scary things. So 
Uh, if you're interested, I suggest you go to their website and uh, find a little bit more about all this yucky stuff if you care. Business Insider tells us that Airbnb has finally launched a feature that will help transition the company from a website to book lodgings uh, to a full-service travel company. The company announced that it's launching Trips, a feature that's been hinted about for months. Trips offers two different services for now, experiences like going travel hunting or diving classic, driving classic cars uh, led by a local, and places which are recommendations from local residents. For experiences, Airbnb brokers the payment from the user to the guide and takes a cut similar to how its home booking service works. For places, the company has some revenue-sharing deals in place, like a partnership with Resi to book restaurant reservations. The company plans to add flights and services in the near future. Trip shows up inside the Airbnb app, but the ability to browse and look and book experience is available in only 12 cities, Los Angeles, San Francisco, Miami, Detroit, Havana, London, Paris, Florence, Nairobi, Cape Town, Tokyo, and Seoul, obviously not New York. Yeah, but um, the company is valued at about $30 billion as of September after raising uh, planned $850 million Series F round. But Airbnb has uh, had a tumultuous and costly year, and it's to its almost important cities. It's been waging a two-pronged war with both the hotel lobby and local governments in California and New York. What a surprise. Okay, Nature World tells us that a New York-based startup will be setting up new lights in Las Vegas, and you can power it yourself. The Vegas Kinetic Tile will be powered by solar energy during the day and by footsteps in the night. Engo, that's E-N-G-O, Planet, has built four streetlights at a Las Vegas intersection to test a new kinetic tile system. Apparently, the four lights will be powered entirely by renewable energy. Solar will be lighting the streets every day. Oh, I guess it's the signs for the casinos and stuff. You don't really need street signs in a hot city that's lit by light. Uh, while footsteps will be responsible for its lighting every night, which I would assume would be a bigger challenge. According to Popular Mechanics, the company said each step can generate 4 to 8 watts of power. However, they did not specify just how many footsteps are needed to power their streetlights in full. The streetlights will also double as a Wi-Fi hotspot and charging station. This enables users to connect to the Internet and recharge their phones. However, the streetlights will also come with atmospheric and environmental sensors as well as surveillance cameras. While the company has not elaborated on the use of such materials, they may open up some privacy issues. However, this can be addressed in a few discussions or so, depending on the results of the trials. Regardless, it appears that Engo Planet is not the first to build kinetic-powered streetlights. Heathrow Airport was graced with kinetic tiles by another startup called Pavigan in 2004 for the World Cup. However, Engo Planet was the first to connect it uh, to their own devices. They said if the Vegas trial period goes well, they are planning a large-scale installation. This can perhaps happen on the same Vegas Strip or even in parks in New York. Regardless, this opens up a ton of opportunities for renewable energy, solar power, and kinetic energy. So we'll see where that goes and if they can ever make that happen in New York. Politico tells us City Council Speaker Melissa Mark Vivito 
said recently the city is currently reviewing the city's municipal identification card program to assess whether it can purge applicants' information from a city database. The IDNYC program was launched by Mayor Bill de Blasio in 2014, a result of legislation sponsored uh, by the council speaker and allows every any New Yorker to apply for a city-issued identification card. The program was conceived in part to benefit many of the city's undocumented illegal residents who cannot legally obtain other forms of identification, probably because they're illegal. Mark uh, Viretto addressed reporters ahead of the council's stated meeting on Wednesday, and she sought to quell fears among the city's immigrant communities that President-elect Donald Trump could lead to mass deportations. New York City is home of an estimated half a million undocumented immigrants. We're not going to get into the politics of this because we're a technology show, but we are next week going to cover some of the challenges to the NYPD of protecting uh, Trump and uh, his family. Uh, we just heard today that uh, the president's wife and son are going to stay in New York. Uh, if you've ever driven down Fifth Avenue in New York City, it's normally very crowded. Now it's you're up around 57th Street where the Trump building is. It's almost impossible uh, because of all the protection and barriers that they put up. So we're going to talk to somebody from Taru, which is the one of the elite uh, parts of the NYPD, and talk to them about the challenges of protecting the president for four years. Um, so I think that'll be something uh, interesting for next week. Again, not getting into the politics of it. And CNET tells us that Mozilla just escalated an arms race with advertisers releasing a new browser for iPhone and iPad users called Firefox Focus that blocks the ads from tracking your activities on the web. When you visit websites, many advertisers store text on your PC or phone that are designed to show your ads you're more likely to click on. For example, you might check out a product on Amazon, then see the same product advertised at a later different website. Uh, isn't that a little aggravating? See that all the time. So we're going to see how this goes and keep an eye on it. Mozilla's move underscores the tension between advertisers and people using the websites like Google Search and Facebook social networking are free because of advertising, but ads can invade privacy, slow performance, encroach on your monthly data transfer limits, and even deliver software that uh, launches online text. Okay, we're going to take a break. Uh, we're going to get to our guest, talk to you about a holiday tech gadget guys. This is Tom Diorio. We're on IMI's Tech Talk on KFNX AM 1100. Please stay tuned. We're going to be right back after these messages. Back to IMI's Tech Talk on KFNX AM 1100. I'm Tom Diorio. It's November 20th, 2016. And as I mentioned to you before the break, I'm going to be talking to you today about the holiday tech gadget guide. It's never too early to start your holiday shopping, obviously. Everybody, all the stores now are in Christmas mode. They're forgetting about Thanksgiving ever existed. Jerry Bolander is our guest. And Jerry is an engineer by training and an entrepreneur by nature. He has over 20 years of experience bringing innovative products to market. Some of them include Bluetooth, USB, RFID, semiconductor DNA sequencing, and SAS for healthcare. Jerry has formed or been part of six startups in various management roles. He holds an MBA in technology management and a BS in electrical engineering. 
Uh, Jerry is also inventor or co-inventor of over 10 patents and has published three books, Frustration-Free Technical Manager, Pound Sign Endurance, Tweet, A Little Nudge to Keep You Going, and Business Basics for Entrepreneurs. You can read his thoughts on management and entrepreneurship via his blog, The Daily MBA. Jerry, thanks a lot for taking the time to be with us. Oh, appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, so how did you pick uh, the gadgets that we're going to be talking about today for your guide? Well, um, some of them I own myself, so um, I use them every day, and some of them I wish I had. Uh, and also wanted to kind of get a balance between, you know, what you could use for your home or what you could use for business and productivity. Um, a lot of them are, you know, different types of things for different types of people. So hopefully have a pretty wide variety. Some of them are electronic e-gadgets and others are things that help you manage your electronic e-gadgets. So I'm um, looking forward to, to talking about it and uh, hopefully uh, it's interesting for everyone. So. so what do you consider a good tech gadget? Now, obviously, your background, you're really – in a lot deeper than most of us are into technology. So uh, how do you define good in this case? Yeah, so for me, you know, I've you know invented a lot of things. And as you said, I'm pretty deep in the geek <laughs> of tech. Uh, and for me, real good tech gadgets solve a real problem that, you know, my grandmother could understand. And, and I always tell people that, you know, technology should be able to easily be explainable to your grandmother. Um, and so when I look for a tech gadget, I really look for something that's easy to use, solves a problem, and it just really makes your life better. Um, really has like a, a unique way to solve something that is going to be, you know, a challenge that you may have or in, in something that you want to be entertained with or really an elegant way, simple, elegant way to make your life easier. Give us an example of how you would explain a technology item, pick one, to your grandmother that she would understand. I've been trying to do that for years, and it's never been successful. <laughs> yeah, well, it's funny because my, my grandmother, uh, you know, when she first started uh, looking at a computer, she she was just impressed, like, wow, you mean I can get jokes online? And I'm all, uh, yeah, sure. She just loved jokes, so she would look up jokes all the time. Um, so for, for me... Uh, I'll give you an example. So one of the ones that I wish I had on my list is this August door lock, uh, which is actually a remote access for your house. Um, it's a gadget where you stick it on the lock of your door, and over the Internet um, you can actually unlock, you know, open and close your door. So let's say you're at work and you got to let someone in to fix something or you're on vacation and you want to let, you know, your friends have access. Um, and so for, for my grandmother, the way I'd explain this is I would say, well, it's kind of like your garage door opener, but on the internet. So instead of you having to be, you know, within 10 feet of your garage door opener, you can go online and push a button and it opens the door like the garage door does. And then she'd probably like scratch her head a little bit and <laughs> probably have to explain it a little bit more detail, but try to make it the explanation is something that they can relate to. Um, and in some cases, it, it's a little bit harder. For some of these things, it'll be a lot harder. Um, but they generally, after a while, she starts to understand it. 
Well, let's let's stay on that example because I've been seeing a lot of that, and my friends are starting to get these cameras on the door knob that you can see them, see people coming to your house either legitimately or for bad reasons, uh, take pictures, record it. How easy are these things to install before we start getting your grandma involved in them? Yeah, so the August door lock is really simple. Uh, the reason why I like this one so much is because it literally fits over the lock mechanism. So you know how you have your deadbolt and they got that little you know thing that you literally turn the deadbolt? This thing fits right on that. So you don't have to use a screwdriver. You don't have to un, you know, remove your lock. You literally stick this thing over that existing deadbolt um, little knob and it and hook it up through your Wi-Fi and you have an app on your phone and, and it syncs up really simple and then it's like, hey, we're ready to go. You can, you know, give access to your friends. Um, you know when people are going in and out. It's just a really simple way to do it. And, and they offer more uh, than just these automatic locks. They also have, you know, cameras. And as you mentioned, a lot of people are starting to get into uh, cameras. Um, you know, the guys at Nest, you know, which was bought by Google, they were sort of the the ones to kind of lead the way with the thermostat, and now they've got the thermostat, they've got the smoke alarm and CO2 alarm, then they've got cameras. And so, um, yeah, you're starting to see a, a lot of uh, a lot of companies um, doing this, and a lot of people, you know, generally concerned about their, their safety and the safety of their family, and I think uh, we'll see more of that. So is this something you would give as a gift, or what type of, techie gifts do you give out? Um, yeah, I mean, some of my, my high-tech friends actually have, have this. Um, the, the types of, of gifts that I like to give, you know, kind of techie ones, are ones that are, you know, just something that people may or may not want to buy on their own. I mean, the one thing that I really love are these uh, Bluetooth speakers. I don't know if, if you've seen them, but they're, they're these little battery-powered speakers. They're about, I don't know, six, seven inches long, and they're just really great for, you know, mood music or you're at the office. Um, the one I like the most is the Ultimate Ears Boom 2, which is just such a cool uh, little speaker and puts out a lot of great sound. So normally, I mean, people wouldn't normally <laughs> maybe not buy that for themselves. So I like to buy stuff like that. Um, and then another one, which um, is not even really a tech product, but it helps you manage your, your tech products, um, it's this thing called the Bandito Cord Roll-Up um, by This Is Ground. And This Is Ground is a uh, company out of L.A. that does leather goods that help you manage your tech stuff. So this little Bandito thing I actually own, and you can put all your cords in it and roll it up and, and have all your cords kind of managed because... As you know, anytime you buy any kind of gadget, you got these gazillion different cords and plugs, and you know it, it gets out of control pretty damn quick. So um, those are try to things that normally people wouldn't buy for themselves, but are kind of neat to have. That's sort of my my criteria. What are the price point of those two things, the speakers and the roll up? Yeah, so the speakers. Anywhere from eighty nine ninety five, roughly to one hundred and twenty dollars, depending on where you get it. Uh, the Bandito, um, that's forty nine dollars. Um, they also have this is ground. Also has one called the Cord Taco, which is 
pretty cool. Um, and uh, the cord taco, uh, that's just for a little, you know, for a one cord, um, and that's about 19 bucks. So uh, interesting how you can buy low tech to manage your high tech, which which is kind of cool. Now the speakers, I, I just because we have only got about a minute left in this segment. Um, okay. You use the speakers? Uh, is the sound quality good or good enough? Oh, yeah, fantastic sound quality for 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 the size of speakers they have. They're really quite quite great. Um, well, and the... and what's interesting is you know a lot of people like to stream music. So um, one of the other things that that I have is a Drobo, which is the the Drobo 5C, which I can stick on to my computer and have all my music there um, and then stream from the Drobo, which is basically a, uh, a big array of hard disks so that I can protect all my data, which is really important. You know, a lot of people do stuff in the cloud, but this is a physical box that you can securely put in your in your home and, and make sure it's protected both physically and obviously electronically. But the Drobo is awesome for this because you can put um, – you can put all your music on it and then obviously stream it um, from the Drobo through your computer and then put it out on these Bluetooth speakers. And, and they're portable, so it's a really nice way to bring music with you. So, All right, we're going to take a break. Uh, I'd like to pursue this a little bit more and uh, get into sure. some other techie stuff. This is Tom DiOrio on IMI's Tech Talk. Our guest today is Gary Bolander, and we're talking about a holiday tech gadget guide. Please stay tuned. We're going to be right back after these messages. Welcome back to IMI's Tech Talk on KFNX AM 1100. I'm Tom Diori. It's the 20th of November 2016. And we're talking to Jerry Bolander about holiday tech gadgets. And um, before the break, uh, Jerry was telling us about the Drobo hard disk. Um, could you expand a little bit? You were, you were saying, you know, most people these days are storing stuff in the cloud. Why would I want my own hard disk? Yeah, that's that's a great question. Uh, well, there are concerns with safety uh, in the cloud. Um, there's actually been a lot of cloud services for uh, sharing photos that literally have shut down, and people just couldn't get their couldn't get their photos. So, um, any strategy for your data uh, needs to have multiple redundancy. Um, you just can't store things in one place. I mean, any expert will tell you that. I'm sure in, in your business you'll you say the same thing. You know, um, two is one and one is none is is the same. So you always got to have a backup. Um, and you know, the Drobo um, series of products is really a great way to do that. Um, what what they've done is made um, storage really simple. Um, it's a it's a redundant hard drive array where you stick hard drives in and it seamlessly helps you out with managing your data. Um, if, if the drive goes bad, it tells you. Um, the other thing is, is if you get the network attached version, you can actually access your files anywhere on the internet through your own setup of privacy and safety, and um, which is really important to, to some people. Um, it's important to me. Um, since I've you know been in technology for a long time, I've seen not only the benefits but the challenges of cloud computing and cloud storage. Um, so it's just part of an, of one strategy to 
keep your data safe. Um, and I think that's really important, not, not, not just for consumers, but also small businesses and, and people that, that need the data. I mean, if, if you rely on your data, then you need to protect it. Switching gears a little bit, um, since you've been doing technology for a while, is, is there a technology that you can't live without? Well, right now it's got to be my iPhone. <laughs> for whatever reason, I just can't keep that thing um, not within my hand. So, yeah, I think the you know phone, my iPhone. Um, I'm also, I'm, I'm kind of a Mac guy, so my MacBook Pro is one thing that, that I do um, a lot of development on for technology as well as um, it's literally I take that thing everywhere. And, and I think... Now, especially with the younger generation, millennial generation, who's grown up on mobile and and literally having their phone with them all the time or, or mobile device, you're uh, going to see more and more of that where people are just, they don't know what to do without their phone. So I guess sometimes I should just leave it at home and, <laughs> like, enjoy enjoy the, enjoy the day. So. Now you'll have withdrawals. Trust me. Somebody stole my phone. Somebody yeah, stole my yeah. phone. You know what I'm home. feeling. You know exactly how it is. Yeah, somebody stole my phone from Home Depot. I left it on the counter for two seconds and it disappeared. And I was without a phone for a day. I went crazy. I'm telling you, withdrawal was terrible. <laughs> um, well. it, I know you're heavily involved in startups. I think in the introduction, and uh, we said that you were involved in at least six of them. Um, does t- technology play a big role, and, and do they sometimes rely a little bit too much on technology? Yeah, I think so. I mean, a lot of times, especially in the startup world, people throw technology at a problem, uh, and they, they tend to think, oh, all high-tech stuff, you know, will fix everything. Um, and in some cases, it's just like good old-fashioned common sense and kind of making things either easier or building a process that, that just works. Um, I think that a lot of the, the startups I've been at that have all been technology startups, uh, sometimes we over-rely on, you know, email and chat and, you know, web-based stuff when we should pick the phone up or go to a meeting, you know, sit down and, you know, talk <laughs> face-to-face, you know. Um, which I think is, is a really in, important thing to do. And um, I hope, you know, I, I don't know if that, that trend will come back, but I certainly see that as a really major uh, important thing to do. And, and hopefully startups and, and the rest of the business world will kind of get a little bit more back to basics. I mean, don't, don't, I mean and, and all the startups and, and other companies and organizations that you've been involved in, I mean, the, the lack of face-to-face communication, I've got to believe, because I find this in my own business, um, really is detrimental. I mean, you you can either misconstrue email, not get your point across in email or texts, um, but I, I can't find a way to get people to go back to that basic. So I don't know if you've had any success doing that or have any suggestions on how to get people to do it. Yeah, I mean, that's a great question and, and exactly the same problem that I have. I mean, I'm I'm a Gen Xer, so um, I, you're, you might not know how old you are. You're probably a little older than I am, but it's 
It's a definitely I'm, generational I'm, I'm thing. A I'm a baby boomer, so I'm way older. You're a baby boomer. Okay, so you're you're just a little ahead of me. Um, so it, yeah, in in our business, you know, in the high technology space, uh, especially startups, uh, it's actually critical that everyone be in the same room. Uh, a lot of times, that communication that you talked about just it gets lost in translation. And the most productive that that we are is when we're together solving problems. So for for me and what, what we've tried to do in all the companies I've been at is actually make it enjoyable and a lot more, uh, I wouldn't say fun because sometimes work's not fun, but the draw to actually come in the office. And, and, and really that's a cultural issue. That, that comes from the top. That comes from how people are treated and the flexibility they're given. In some cases, you may have to work from home. In some cases, you may need a developer that's in another state, sometimes in another country, depending on the skill set. Um, this, the other thing that we've really found that's beneficial is flying out there. Like, literally like, oh, you got a team somewhere? Well, go out there every once in a while. And, and you build those bonds. And when you build those bonds face-to-face and over the phone, those carry over. Uh, in the virtual world as well. And you just got to do the work. It's tough and people don't like it, but I haven't, I'm with, I have not found a more effective way to manage people than looking, looking at them, you know, across the table. So. I agree. I definitely agree. So that would be something, that would be a great uh, thing to start getting people younger people who grew up with technology and don't really understand the importance of it back into that. I think the schools need to start teaching that type of communication as well. Um, Totally agree. Totally agree. What technology do you feel is not ready for prime time? Is there any? Yeah, there's actually a couple. Um, I don't know if if you're familiar with bots, with like chat bots or these, you know, basically artificial intelligence-driven communication platforms for customer service or content, you know, generation, actually content generation and content distribution. Um, Are you familiar with bots in any way? Not really. Why don't you explain to our listeners what that is? Sure. So a bot is basically an artificial intelligence-driven interface. Uh, that you either talk to, like Alexa, you know, from Amazon. I'm sure you guys are familiar with that. Um, yeah. And then the other one would be, you know, when you're on a website and you type in a question to customer service, chances are that's some program in the background trying to figure out what you want. Um, the most archaic and the one that probably really makes everyone angry <laughs> is the phone tree. You know, press one for more options, press two for, you know, or say three, that's a bot. That's like the interaction of human and machine, so the machine adds some value to your life. Um, and there has been a lot, a lot of activity in, in the startup space around bots. Um, there's actually a company called Chat Club that you can build your own Facebook Messenger bot. So on my Facebook, uh, my daily NBA Facebook page, um, you can interact with this chat club bot, which is, you know, it's, yeah, you, you kind of, 
it's interesting because it's really at its infancy and it's it's just not quite there. It's like Siri on the iPhone. You talk to it and it's sort of like, ah, it sort of kind of works and it gets better, but it's really not way, way to go. So, um, but the chat club guys have really done a good job to get it to that first level. So, um, I'll, that's pretty cool. Uh, and then the other one I think is virtual reality. I, I really don't think well, virtual that. reality is ready for prime time yet. So okay. we'll, uh, We'll see how it all develops. We're going to take a break. Uh, it's Tom Diorio on IMI's Tech Talk on KFNX AM 1100. We're talking to Jerry Bolander. Please stay tuned. We're going to be right back after these messages. Welcome back to IMI's Tech Talk on KFNX AM 1100. I'm Tom Diorio. It's the 20th of November, 2016. Happy uh, Thanksgiving to everybody out there this Thursday. Our guest today is Jerry Bolander, and we're talking about Holiday Tech Gadget Guide and a bunch of other things. And I want to change gears a little bit here and ask you um, a question that uh, I find interesting because I, I have a tech background, as as do you. I'm not an engineer. I'm a mathematician. But do you find that your background makes it easier for you to use technology, or is it a, uh, not a factor? Oh no, I, I I definitely think it makes it a lot easier uh, for me to use technology. Uh, I think what's interesting is that uh, in some cases uh, I don't see some of the features and functions that people, you know, the designers have put in because I because my tech background, I tend to either know a different way or don't think that I need to do that. Um, like for example, um, all the features in Excel. Like I mean, there's just I don't know how many different features there are in Excel that I don't even know about. But even to this day, you know, there's sometimes where I'm like, you know, I really need to do that. And you know, guys like in finance, who they have like you know Excel Olympics on how fast they can do short keys and everything. Uh, I'm just sitting there like, oh well, I don't really know how to you know I have to look it all up. So. Uh, I think it's a double-edged sword for for guys that uh, that understand it, but sometimes understand it too much that they don't like look for the simple way to do it. We're all dig in and do do it the complicated way. So, um, but yeah, I, at least I, I mean I have a pretty good appreciation for for what it takes. So I think in that sense I have a really uh, an an affection for how well a technology product's done. You know I can can really appreciate it. Like, it's like art to me. You know, like, wow, they really figured this out. <laughs> um, in the intro, um, you mentioned that you have a book, The Entrepreneur Ethos. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, so I'm actually working on, on that right now. Um, what, I, what I've realized um, working in, uh, in tech for all this time and being an entrepreneur is that uh, there are a lot of books out there about you know, seven secrets to be a great entrepreneur, five reasons why you're going to be successful. Uh, and what I found is there wasn't a lot of books that laid out what the community of entrepreneurship is all about. You know, what are the values, traits, and beliefs? Not what it's going to take to be successful, not, you know, you know the, the secrets and all that, but the, what is the community of entrepreneurs all about what are what are their ethos like 
what do they believe? What's important to them? Um, and I started researching for this book uh, about six months ago and realized, and, and I've, I've talked to people all over the world, uh, entrepreneurs all over the world, what I realized is that no matter where you are, no matter what kind of business you're in, if you've taken the risk to start something, you've taken the risk to put yourself out there, you you have these same values, traits, and beliefs, and really find it fascinating to kind of explore that because what I've seen and what history is, I think is starting to show um, is that we really are in the age of the entrepreneur. Um, I'm convinced that the next, you know, decade or more um, is really going to be about the individual um, taking their own career, their own ideas, and building something to make a life for themselves. I, I really think that, you know, the, the back in the day, you know, back in your generation where, you know, what my dad would do, he was a baby boomer as well, he'd be like, well, go get a job at a big company, get a retirement. You're kind of like, that ain't going to happen now. That's, that, you know, you got to take care of yourself. So I really feel entrepreneurship and, you know, small business ownership is way to go and, and really feel that you got to be in it for the right reasons. You have to know what you're getting yourself into and you have to work every day. Just like if you're an athlete, you got to practice every day. You know, I'm sure in your business, it's the same way, you know, taking what you've done in the construction, you know, management and, and applying technology to make that a better way to manage it, better way to be more efficient, you know, and you know, it's going to happen that way. It kind of has to. That's the way the world, in my opinion, is moving. When do you expect to have the book out? Well, <laughs> fingers crossed sometime next year. Um, I'm still in the process of writing it and doing some research, but, uh, but yeah, I'm excited about it and, uh, looking forward to getting people's reactions and kind of getting out there and seeing what people think, so. Well, when you get it writ, uh, written, send us a copy and we'll have you on the show and we'll talk about, about the book. Do you use any special uh, tools? Or you just use Microsoft or something? Um, I actually use a, a, an awesome tool. So again, it's another techie kind of thing. So if you have, if you own a Mac, uh, it's it's a it's a wonderful tool called Scrivener, and the name is really hard to pronounce. But uh, basically, what Scrivener allows you to do is compartmentalize your writing. So. I'm sure you, you, you back in the day did the same thing I did. You remember those little three by five index cards? You know, you're writing a paper and you would write notes on the index cards. Did you ever do that? I still do. Carry them in you my You still jacket. do. Okay. Carry them in my cool. Jacket. That's cool. Um, so imagine those cards in a computer program and, and that's Scrivener. And literally it even has a view. It's called the corkboard view where all the cards, literally, you know, I mean, I used to do this. This is probably going to date how old I am. But I used to have a board, and I would put, you know, the the 3x5 index cards, and I could organize them, and I could be like, okay, this goes here and that goes here. And I just find that a better way to work because it's not linear. You know, it's more nonlinear. It's more, you know, physical, like I can feel it, you know. Uh, I don't know if that's the way you feel as well. No, I do. I, that, that sounds like I don't have to check it out. It sounds like an interesting product. Before we run out of time, uh, if our listeners want to follow up with you, what's the best way for them to do that? Uh, go to thedailymba.com uh, or on Twitter, 
at the Daily NBA. Um, you know, send me a note. Lo- love talking about tech. Love talking about business. Um, that's one of the reasons I started the Daily NBA. Man, it's been eight years from now, eight or nine years. You know, when blogging first started out, I really how'd you, wanted. Uh, how'd you get into it? Um, writing the first book uh, really was, you know, the frustration-free technical management. I needed to practice writing. I mean. I'm a techie guy. They don't really, you know, we're not blazing the trail on the whole wordsmithing, you know. Um, and needed to really, like, practice just like anything, you know. You're going to learn something, you got to practice it. So I started blogging to practice writing and, you know, just sort of, it took, kind of has a life of its own and would, and it's great, you know. It's really neat. You mentioned, you mentioned a couple of things that you focus on. You want to just, Tell our listeners a little bit more about what they can expect if they go there. Yeah, so um, it's you know tips, tools, and techniques to be a better entrepreneur. Um, I try to be have a very wide breadth of, of things that I talk about. I have a, a series uh, about the the eight deadly dilemmas of being a uh, an entrepreneur and, and a startup, um, and sort of compare and contrast some of those dilemmas. Uh, one of which is, do I make it or do I buy it? Um, you know, do I, do I stay the course or do I pivot? Um, and so what I try to do is just put ideas out there and, and have people digest them. And, you know, it's interesting because, you know, a lot of, there's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff going on, obviously, as, as everyone knows, uh, and with the election in the U.S. and internationally. I think every single business person needs to be aware of how some of these things are going to affect them. Different, there are different businesses, how the government's going to do this, how different demographics, the world. I mean, because we are now in a completely connected economy. I don't think you can get away from that. Um, it's, there's just too much interconnection. So, uh, with that, there's, uh, there's lots of opportunities and lots of challenges. So I try to, you know, help people figure that out. Yeah, I really appreciate you being on the show. This was really interesting, and have a great Thanksgiving. Yeah, you as well. Appreciate it. Uh, keep up the great work on these things. It's uh, it's great that you have your your platform to do that. And uh, happy Thanksgiving and happy holidays to you as well. I want to thank Terry Giro, IMI's president, Dave Brandon, Dan Diori, and Jose Batista for the Week in Review. Taylor Redden is our producer. Tess Andrew is our associate producer. Matt Compagni is our executive producer, and we appreciate all our help from the production department at KFNX AM 1100. Thank you again for listening. Please don't forget to tune into Tech Talk next week at 5 p.m. in New York on KFNX AM 1100. Remember to send us your suggestions for future shows or ask us questions by sending an email to techtalk at imi-us.com. Have a great week. Have a safe Thanksgiving, and thanks again for listening.